Young love is messy at best and tragic at worst. It can come with heartbreak, fights, fun, and a lot of confusion. And sometimes, it comes with murder. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. When 16-year-old Joshua Davies decided to kill his 15-year-old ex-girlfriend, Rebecca Aylward, the community was shaken. But if you haven't listened to part one of this episode, you won't know anything about that, so head back and check it out. Now, let's get back to it. Where we last left off, Davies was bragging to his friends about killing Rebecca privately and publicly acting like he was really worried about her. He fully expected to get away with his crimes, but things didn't exactly go according to plan. Out of all his plans, Davies went with the one that was absolutely the most likely to get him caught, but I think that he fully believed he could get away with it because he had already attempted to kill her and gotten away with it. Other than the brutal attack, Davies had two plans to kill Rebecca. His first plan involved using her own body against her. At 15 years old, Rebecca still couldn't swim. Davies knew this, and one of his plans actually involved inviting her to walk down by the river. His plan was to shove her into the river, then dive in after her to give the appearance that he attempted to save her life. In reality, he told his friends that he was only going to jump in to make sure that she absolutely drowned and didn't make it out alive. This was not the plan that he attempted. Davy's other plan involved poison from plants. He spent time researching the best possible way to poison her, ultimately deciding on a combination of foxglove and deadly nightshade. He told his friends that he would slip it into one of her favorite beverages and give it to her. And though it was never proven, there is substantial evidence to suggest that he did go through with this plan. He just failed. Police found the poison concoction at his grandmother's house, and this came together with a disturbing realization from Rebecca's family. Before her murder, Rebecca fell ill with what was described as an extremely severe stomach bug. She was hospitalized because of the severity of the illness, which left her riddled with pain and caused her to repeatedly pass out. While in the hospital, doctors could not find the cause of this mystery illness. It wasn't until after Davies was arrested that the likely cause came to light. And I think that this really shows just how much it really doesn't matter that Davies was a minor in this case. He was actively planning this girl's death, and he clearly tried to kill her before he finally succeeded. This wasn't a random act of violence following a fight, not that that would make it any better, but there was nothing random about this. Davies was having fun planning her death, and eventually, he found a way to see it through. And 
I don't think that I'm the only one who thought this way, because the judge in this case made a fairly controversial decision. Ordinarily, the identities of minors are kept private in cases like this, but he actually made the decision that Davy's identity would not be protected and stated that the public deserved to know what kind of killer was hiding in their midst. Davies cried when he found out, clearly more worried about his reputation than he ever was about Rebecca. Everything about Davies shows that he had no remorse for what he did and that he would do just about anything to get out of being punished for his crimes, even if it meant framing a friend. Remember how Davies took his friend out to see Rebecca's body? Well, he later tried to convince police that it was actually his friend who killed her. And this is nuts to me because he really had been telling his entire social circle how badly he wanted her dead. Everyone knew, right? Police quickly disproved this, but I just think it's pretty wild how quickly he was ready to let his friend take the fall. He might have been young, but he clearly had absolutely no remorse for Rebecca or anybody else in the situation. And this was shown time and time again in court. Davies was reportedly gleeful about the murder. He wasn't just bragging and grinning after he killed her. He continued to smirk and smile through the entire court case. Though he clearly wanted to avoid being punished, it was obvious that he didn't feel bad at all about his actions. In fact, he actually refused to confess to the crime at all, even after he was convicted. At least, that was true until there was incentive for him to do so. Davies was sentenced to a minimum of 14 years in prison, and as far as I can tell, because of the way that law works for minors, he could have been detained for his entire life, but I don't think it's very likely. In recent years, Davies clearly found a new goal, though, and that has been getting out of prison. After eight long years, he finally confessed to killing Rebecca. In 2018, he asked to speak to a parole officer, and he made his confession. This wasn't an act of healing or him finally coming to terms with anything as far as I can tell. It seems like he made the decision to admit his guilt because he was applying to have his prison sentence reduced, an option that's available after serving more than half your sentence as a minor if you have an exceptional record. Davies does. He has been described as a model prisoner. Having his application approved could get him out up to six years sooner, a fact which obviously horrified Rebecca's family. Originally, Davies couldn't be out until at least 2024, but his request could have changed everything. Her family wrote letters pleading with the courts to keep him detained, and... As far as I can tell, it worked because the coverage kind of dropped off. But there's still the potential that he will be released within the next couple of years, and this is something that would have looked very different if he was an adult. In this case, 
Choosing to become a violent murderer as a minor really does work in his favor because it overall limits exactly what they can do to keep him off the streets. At this point, Davies is in his late 20s, and though it's clear that he's been on his best behavior in prison, we have to wonder what is going on inside his head. Eventually, he is going to be released to his family. He will be free, and no one is really sure what that means. How safe are we when a person who spent months plotting and executing a murder as a child is free to walk the streets? It's a pretty complicated topic. On one hand, you want to hope that the justice system worked, that Davies has recognized his actions and isn't that same person. But I guess I just don't know how likely that is, or what kind of support he received while in prison that would enable these kinds of changes. This wasn't a killing driven by hormones or emotions. It wasn't a split decision thing, right? He was fixated on Rebecca, actively planned to kill her, and then actually went through with it. When asked for an explanation, he suggested that it all became too real. He said he started by making jokes, and the more time he spent making the jokes, the more he started to believe them and really buy into the idea of killing her. I don't know if that's true or not, and I doubt we ever will. Obviously, it isn't normal for a young boy to fixate on an ex and bury himself in the idea of killing her. But we also can't really say what did go wrong or when it happened. Davies might have been a child when he committed his crime, but I think that we can all agree that those weren't the actions of a child. They were the actions of someone who was consumed by darkness and violence, and I'm sure most of us would feel more comfortable with a person who has that proven capacity staying behind bars. Unfortunately, it isn't up to anyone but the courts. And there's still no saying what will happen there. For now, all Rebecca's family can do is mourn and hope that her killer stays off the streets. I do hope that Joshua Davies found a way to really face what he did and that he does feel remorse now for his actions, but it will always be a guess whether he truly feels a certain way or is just playing pretend. So, if you want to discuss domestic violence in teen relationships, steps that you can take to escape an abusive relationship, or the challenges faced by today's teens, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>